As black people, our race is one of, if not the most salient identities we carry in society. While the world often groups us into the simple category of black, our community knows there's nothing simple about our ethnicities. There's a lot to be said about the pride we take in being African, Caribbean, black American, or a mix of these. In this episode, we unpack the unity, division, and friendly rivalry that we see and have experienced across the diaspora. Hello, ladies. Hi. Hi. I'm Savannah. I'm Annie. I'm Fakumi. And I'm Sydney. And welcome to this episode. To start out, what got y'all this week? I'll go first. Okay. Um, to keep it short, like spontaneous like events and things to do. Now that summer's here, I feel like there's a lot more of that. Um, went to a really fun friend of a friend's birthday party, met some really great people, some new friends. Um, and then that same night I got invited to the next day for Saturday, the Vuv Clico, Clico, is that? Yeah. The champagne, y'all know, <laughs> polo classic, um, in Jersey city. And the girl that invited me, she had a connect, she had a plug. So okay. we ended up in the VIP section Ooh. and all the celebs were out. Gabrielle right. Union was there. I okay. met Gail King. I met Beyonce's stylist. Sure. Um, and it was just a good time. Like, I don't know anything about polo. And I was just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, bought a dress last minute. But it's like, I feel like one of you said this is like the season of yes. Yes. Mm. And so I'm glad I'm taking advantage because it's really easy for me to just sit at home and be like, mm, I'll lay here and watch Sex in the City for the fifth time. So. No, I love that. I feel like that was like a big social event for the season. Like the mm-hmm. mark of summer. Was, yeah. If that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. I've, I feel like, I mean, I guess my what gets me is also an event I went to. It wasn't Veuve Clicquot. <laughs> there you go. Um, but it was really fun. I had a great time. Um, and it was um, Vintage Launch Party. Annie. Yes. Annie. Shout out, Grace. Yes. I know you're listening. <laughs> it was an amazing event. Amazing event. Um, she's a friend of mine that has like a digital media company. Um, and they were celebrating five years. An inaugural launch party was amazing. Yeah, it was really amazing to see just like all the work they've done. Honestly, like I wasn't with them for the ride, but I was just as proud. Like it was really well put together. Um, And it was just, it was in Harlem. This was one of my first like Harlem events. And y'all like the diaspora was diaspering. Mm, Is that how to say that? Yes. (laughs) No, it was just really amazing. Like I love when I'm in a room with all these different cultures, people from all over the world. And like, it just feels so loved and accepted. Just being Mm. in a room like that is is powerful. Also, we just had a good time. The music was amazing. Yeah. Uh, Amazing. 10 out of 10. You know me, my Afro beats. Right. And just in general, if it ain't foreign, it's boring. (laughs) I love when we like comes together as black people. Yes. It's just a good time. Good vibes all around. Mm -hmm. That's the best. I love black people. I love black people too. I love black people. We all have to say it. (laughs) I love black people. Yes, yes, Savannah. (laughs) I love myself, y'all. Side eye. Getting into our conversation for today, more than just the race that we all share as black people, what is each of your ethnicities and when did you become aware of it? Mm, That's a good question. I can, I, I can kick yeah. off. Um, so I'm Nigerian. Shout out Niger. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and I feel like I've always been Nigerian. I was born in the UK, but like I was still very much Nigerian in the UK. And when I moved to the US, like we went to a Nigerian church. I was just, the community I was around was Nigerian. I feel like I wasn't aware that I was different per se until like I went to a mostly white school, like maybe elementary school, but really middle school. And that's mm-hmm. when I moved to the South. And um, yeah, like that was when I was like, oh, 
I'm different. And I knew like, obviously, you know, the white people around me weren't Nigerian, but I think that's like middle school is when I was aware of like, oh, I might not be like the same. I don't have the same history, cultural background as like black Americans mm-hmm. per se. Um, and that was a big notable moment. I can get into that more later, but I, yeah, I have stories. <laughs> <laughs> Wait to hear them. Yeah. Uh, so I am African-American, black American. Um, and first time I was where, so I was born in New Jersey and we lived here and we lived in New Jersey until I was five. And when we moved to Chicago, I mean, in preschool and like kindergarten, I was like, it was a really mixed environment. Like it was like everybody. Um, and then when I moved to Chicago, I went to private school and it was like, I was literally the only black person in my class. And then it, there were three classes in my grade. And I think there were, off the top of my head, there were no more than like five or six of us in a grade of like 60 people. So I just realized I was different and I looked different. Yeah. yeah. But I never realized, I didn't realize like the race thing or like the tensions mm. and the history mm-hmm. until I was older, maybe like, I don't know, fourth, third or fourth grade. Like right, whenever they right. start teaching mm-hmm. about like right. slavery. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Marshall <laughs> studies. When they start like... T- Testing it, like getting into it. That's when I realized um, the tensions. But yeah, Yeah. my experience. Similar to Kumi, I'm Cameroonian American. My parents immigrated from Cameroon. I was aware real young, maybe five kindergarten, because I was the only black one in my class. But not just that. My name is very, you can identify it as foreign, not necessarily trace it to Cameroon if you're not Cameroonian, Mm -hmm. but you can identify it as foreign when you have things like roll call, Mm. And they call, like, try to pronounce your name even at that young age. Like, I knew mm, this is different than the Sarahs and the Sams yeah. and the Mats. So, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. For me, I am Caribbean and Black American. Yeah. So I would say I was always aware of my race because growing up in pre-K, I went to a school with mostly other Black students. Mm-hmm. Then for kindergarten, I went to a private school that was predominantly white. I'm pretty sure there was maybe only one other Black student. In my class. And then I think it really hit me when I got to first grade. I went to a different school. Mm. And this one, it wasn't predominantly white, but I was definitely still one of the only black people in my class. So in terms of race, I've always been aware of my race. Now, ethnicity, I didn't really tap into the fact that I'm both black American and Caribbean Mm -hmm. until I got to high school. Okay. Because in high school, I made a lot of friends. I think all my friends were Caribbean, whether they were Jamaican, Haitian. Uh, Yeah, I had my friends. They were all either Jamaican or Haitian. Yeah. And that was when I became aware of the fact that, like, there's a distinction between being black American and being Caribbean. And then that became even more pronounced when I got to college. Mm. Do you identify with one or the other more? Or it's equal? I think, okay, so to be very honest, I am Haitian American. My mom's Haitian and my mom is first generation. So I'm technically second generation. I love my like Caribbean culture or my Haitian culture, I should say, to be more specific. But I don't speak Haitian Creole. I am not as tapped in as I want to be. And I'm working on that because I'm thinking about when I raise kids and even just learning how to cook certain recipes and dishes. I just want to be more tapped into that cultural down. side because yeah. for me, I think 
since my dad is African-American, yeah. my mom, that's she says that's the reason why she didn't teach us how to speak Creole. She's uh, like, it's not like we were speaking it in the house. She could speak it fluently, but that's because she grew up in a household where her parents were speaking Creole. Right. So in the future, I mean, going forward, I want to be more tapped in. But I will say, I love dance hall. Like, when I'm out, I'm like, they got to play some dance yes. hall. <laughs> like, you need to see some when they turn the dance hall. Y'all, y'all don't want to see me at home. Yeah. <laughs> You're not quite like me and like my British heritage. Like that's really part of my everyday. You know, I speak a lot of Brit- British English. I'm also British. I'm, that was it. <laughs> Cheerio. My soul is British. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what the laughter is about. Oh, I'm not laughing. <laughs> anyway, okay. but no, Sav, that completely makes sense. I think even being Nigerian, like technically, I don't know. I'm not even first generation American. Like I wasn't born here. Um, I'm foreign. <laughs> She's, girl, she's foreign. Like I'm an bad. immigrant. <laughs> I would wear it like a bad. No, but like, I also want to tap in like harder, just like cooking Nigerian yeah. food and like yeah. tapping into my culture. Like, I think it's such a big part of me, but there are some ways that like, you have to make it more concrete yes. so the next generation can yes. grab onto it. Cause I meet more people and they're like, oh yeah, I'm kind of Nigerian, but like I'm second, third generation. And like, yeah. I'm like, oh, whoa, like it can get lost if you don't like hold on to it. I was thinking about that. Yeah. I don't want it to get lost. And I will say when people ask me, where's my family from? I say I'm Haitian. Okay. So, but I do recognize, like I am black American. Mm -hmm. My dad is black American, but I think from that cultural standpoint, I think I probably identify more with my Haitian side. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting to hear y'all talk about like being so aware of things young. I think I was also aware young that I was different, but like. I feel like maybe it didn't make a difference for a long time for me. Like I had a little, I went to like a school with a lot of white kids when I, yeah. when I was in London, like I had a little white boyfriend when I was five. Like I didn't, you know what I mean? Like things, she was down with the swirl. Early. No, not with the swirl. <laughs> but like, I didn't think it like really made an impact on like how I really interacted with a lot of people mm-hmm. because I just had so much community on both sides until I got to Mississippi. And I think there were just like less Nigerians around. Like, so it just became something that I only experienced in my household and like some other meetings once a month or something like ACF. Right. So, which is African Christian fellowship, which is like something we went to every once in a while. And so I think like there was a point where I like, I distinctly remember it was, seventh grade and this girl we were after school and like in after school care or whatever and she mentioned the song like say it was i don't even want to say like a old rihanna song or something yeah and at that point i was like very much in like the culture of my household and i didn't know the song she's like are you even black mm-hmm. and i remember going no i'm brown <laughs> and i thought it was such a clap back at the time like I'm, I'm brown but like in reality it was just me feeling like dang like Right, rejected right. by like this yes, culture yes. that I'm supposed oh. to be a part of. Like I'm supposed to know because I am black in America. Like yeah. I'm supposed oh, yeah, to know yeah. these songs, right. but I don't. Yeah, that's a good point. When you said you moved to Mississippi and there weren't a lot of like, I'm from Chicago, and I think on the coast there's way more um, people that are like first or second generation mm-hmm. African because like I knew no African people mm. until my brother has a Me best too. friend. Yeah, yeah, my brother yes. has a best friend in. Like still to this day from kindergarten, mm-hmm. and her dad is um, Ghanaian, mm-hmm. and her mother's Black American. So like we knew them, but in my whole school and anyone I interacted with, like in clubs and sports, outside, like outside of school, like 
different like social organizations. I didn't know any African people. Really? Um, Me too. When I used to go to camp in California and then there were a couple at camp. So those were, that was my first exposure. Um, but it wasn't until I got to college that I knew more. And then like here in New York, like probably 90% of my friends are Caribbean or African. Yeah. Yes. Really? Yeah. It's yeah. not DMV, New York, something about that. Yes, I will say. <laughs> but girl, you were in New York. Yes, but even I will, like in <laughs> True. high school. Uh, yeah. All of my friends were Caribbean. Most of the, I can only think of one black friend I had that was African. Uh, really? And it's funny, but I think with the rise of, I didn't start listening to Afrobeats until Same. college. Two years ago. But well, only, that's a lot of people. That's a lot, that's of, a lot of people. And, yeah. But yeah, and it was only until college that I started making friends who were African. African it's really weird, but I only, my black friends were either black American or they were Caribbean. And yeah. most of them were Caribbean. Mm. That's you know, so You'll know like Jamaicans or... Yeah. Dominicans, Haitians. Wow. But, yeah. I knew at least one Nigerian everywhere. Yeah, that was but, like the opposite experience. But I am Nigerian. But you guys are, of course, going to be tapped into the community. 100%. Because, yeah. Right? Yeah. But I'm saying like even being little, like I just, I don't know if it was like a, like gravitating more because of the name thing. Got it. Too. Mm. Like, because I switched from, so when I, when I was talking about that other story, I was really young. That was my um, kindergarten. And then my sister, she's four years older. So we were in school together. We left that school and then now switched over to public school. That was like a private Catholic school. And then there, there was just, there were more people. Yeah. And then I think in one of, like, how I made my first friend, she was, like, in the neighborhood. But I think they, like, in my class, like, my name was called and I was really upset because it was butchered and, like, everyone mm -hmm. was laughing. And a lot of, like, Fukumi, you're one of the first that I know, like, your first name is a Nigerian name. Oh, like, yeah. my first name is also, I go by Annie, but that's not my full name. My full name is Animbam. And that's what was on, like, roll call lists and stuff. So... I go by Annie, but it was it was something that I had to announce to the teacher. And like, mm. yeah, people knew me as that. So when they heard like the name, they're like, wait, who's that? And then I was like, oh, it's, it's still me. So yeah, I was really upset that day. And like my friend who she was in the neighborhood, her first name is Ashley, mm -hmm. but her middle name is African. And mm -hmm. that's more common. Uh, that is they common. Like people go by their American their English. name, their that, English name. So. Is that more common for people who are second generation? No, no, just West These African first, as a whole. Yeah. Okay. So my middle name is, well, I have two, but one of them is my English name. And that is, should I say that? I mean, no. Yeah, no, I have, my English name is Caitlin. Yeah. So or my, not my English name. That's my middle name. Yeah. So my English name is Karis, which is like not that common in America, mm -hmm. but in the UK and like in Europe, it's like more of a common, it's like Greek. So it's like Karis. a Karis. Karis. Yeah. It's that's more beautiful. of a common. Thank you. What? It means grace. Oh yeah. I was just going to ask. So it's common just for clarity. To be given a middle name that's that's English, English, okay. yeah, yeah, and so like you could go oh, by a that. Name. It's like usually a middle name. It's one or the other, but like I think like you usually have an African name and then like an right. English name. But I think we're differing in what we're saying. I'm saying the American name is usually first, first. on the birth certificate, mm. like. Right. But then you go by like a middle name. Yes. I think my mom low key did it differently than some people. No, my parents did it differently, but yeah, like I have a friend who has that too. So now that we know. Each of our ethnicities, where in the diaspora do you see unity and where do you see divide based on your own personal experiences? I see it. Um, and just like by virtue to the point I said earlier, like not being around a lot of Africans, like growing up and even a lot of Caribbean people, I didn't really see it at all. But like I see it a lot like on Twitter, like really on the Internet and then like in college, like debates about who has it worse or who's more discriminatory towards the other between right. African-Americans and then African, I guess, descendants or first or second yeah, generation yeah. Africans. Yeah. And it's interesting. Something I've always found interesting is 
like, yes, racism is a thing that's like started by white people, but like black people in the diaspora will fight to the death and like throw, say so many things that like yeah. if coming from another race, it'd be like, oh my God, that's so racist. Like yeah. the things we'll say to and about in each other and the criticism yeah, can like, be really yeah. harsh. Um, and like something I remember being particularly offensive because I just grew up like, you don't talk about anybody of a different culture. Like you don't say anything out of line. Um, Cause it's not your culture. Mm. And I remember going to a model UN conference in in London in high school. Cause I did model Ooh. UN and it was a college conference, but we would always like sign up for the college conferences. Right. So we go to London and there was this guy um, and he was, a, he was a student there and he was of like born in the UK, but of African descent, like his parents yeah. um, were first generation in the UK. And he was like, you're so nice. Like I thought all of you were like love and hip hop. And that was just so offensive to mm-hmm. me, like really. And he said like the word ghetto and was going on and on and on. And that was just so offensive to me because I, yeah. it just felt like a really unfair perception. And yeah. I think African-Americans get a really bad rap for being like loud ghetto ignorant mm-hmm. um, from not just other like black people right. um, in the diaspora, but in general. So that was just like, yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that like it's something I've definitely heard before. Yeah. yeah. I think. Personally, my experience was different. Like, okay, so I actually having this conversation actually with a lot of coworkers. We were like co-locating in the same city and like it was a really good conversation because obviously we're grown and we're like reflecting on the past and it can be like more nuanced. But um, I have heard people say that like they believe like African people can be more judgmental of black Americans Mm -hmm. and things like that. Like personally, like shout out to my mom, but she was just like very educated on history and just just like very aware of the realities of racism that like I grew up knowing, like never really having that thought in the first place. And then also understanding history. Right. Mm, I think, yeah, like I think a lot of tensions are, were like built because of like, I think genuinely like immigrants have different perspectives on being than, Mm -hmm. um, than like people born in this, like in the country that they live in for a long time. And so mm-hmm. um, I know people would say things like, uh, like a con- part of the conversation was that, you know, Africans would come here and not partake in discourse and like around like civil rights and like racism and things like that, like wouldn't fight for what's right in that sense sometimes. And it's like, I was like, yeah, I can, I can see that. Like, obviously, like I said, I had a different perspective, mm-hmm. but like, I can see an immigrant coming here and being like, I need a grind. Like, I don't know right. why people view, right. like, I'm not going to address racism. I'm not here to, for that fight. Right. Like I'm right. here to survive. Or even like, I'm like coming from something else. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm just trying to like get myself settled. Settled. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this deviates from the question a little bit, but I think Caribbeans and Africans like grouped into one bucket and then black Americans have different history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So with black Americans, the way, like as it is in history, mm-hmm. slavery did not end that long ago. Mm-hmm. And being in America, I just think it's been years of there's civil rights movements and just fighting mm-hmm. for rights. On the other hand, I think, well, I mean, everyone has a time, if people are immigrants, everyone has a time that they came to mm-hmm. America. But having a bloodline that bears that weight in their history, yeah. it creates a lot of different dynamics. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sometimes I think people people tend to have the impression that like black Americans don't work as hard and like black Americans need to be doing more and this, this and that. So I think that's rhetoric that I tend to hear um, from people who immigrate here, but or immigrate to America, but it's just such a different 
experience and there's such different histories which i hate because yeah. like and sorry i just want to say this really quick i hate that narrative because like even if that is completely true it's such a, like a it's such a stereotype so yeah. it's not really not like true but even if it were true like african-americans built this country like yeah that's literally fact. if we want to sit on our asses for the next 500 years what about it right mm-hmm. and i think that's the that's where africans and caribbeans who come here they're like what happened happened and like we're making it different for ourselves now. Mm-hmm. I think it's an ignorance on both parts that creates so much animosity. Because mm. it's like they see black Americans, you're privileged by being in this country with access to so many resources that they don't have coming from abroad. And I think like just from I think to your question, your earlier question, Sav, like I think it's a lot of ignorance on both parts. Um, What's the ignorance on the African-American part in that? I have Africans come with privilege. Yeah. Like with money. Mm. Or like, even if you think of like, I haven't heard that. that Really? I've heard it so much. Even like, like this is a, obviously I'm being like facetious, but like coming to America, like a film like that. Yeah. I even remember like my parents telling me stories of like when they finally were able to get a house. Like there was a really, and I won't go into it, but like the question that was asked, it was like, so who gave you the money to do this? And it's, my parents were like, are you, yeah. <laughs> is that a joke? Like, uh, so you yeah, think- so there's a, mm. there's an, I don't know. There's like a misconception that some Africans come with wealth uh, and it's for, like, where is that coming for back- from? For background, if people don't know the film coming to America, I don't know what, um, country in Africa, the people it's like a the made movie. up, right? Right. I think yeah. it's a made up. No, I've never seen it. I've like, never seen my, it. Either. My parents have seen it. They said it's it like, satire. Funny. It's like so yeah. stupid. Yeah. 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 It's a funny movie, but basically, um, the, in the movie, the main character, he comes from Africa. Was he a prince or a king or something? Something yeah. like that. And he comes to America and it's it's just funny, but he came from money and he's just adjusting yes. to being yes. in American culture. Right. So I think that, to your point, it leads to a lot of people having this impression that people from coming from Africa, coming right. to America, come here, yeah. having things made yes, for them it's financially. Exactly. The same way that like media crafts our impressions as we're growing. If you've not interacted with a certain person, mm-hmm. whatever you're ingesting, like content, why that is what... Yeah, that's right. the narrative and I think both parties do it mm-hmm. so and I do think that like even as I was yeah British but as a Nigerian as well like growing up I did have like those like moments with like black kids where it was like whether my hair was being made fun of and how mm-hmm. I did it yeah. like yes. I feel like girls didn't get braids like I did all the yes. time the same way yeah. or if it was like I don't know like I feel like I was culturally teased there's like oh, terms sure. of phrase like african yeah i know yeah yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. that but it's for like sure. it felt a little bit like obviously like more xenophobic and like i felt yeah. like awkward being nigerian in 100%. like middle school and like yes. high school yeah. it, like it was just towards the end of high school where i was like oh wait why am i hiding parts right but not even yeah. like searching parts of my identity right. to protect my pride in it 100%. does that make sense mm-hmm. can we see your point about your identity as nigerian mm-hmm. growing up in middle school and high school I think back on the fact that I didn't know many African people mm-hmm. when I was growing up in high school. And I will say it wasn't until I got to college that I saw people embracing yeah. being African. I feel like there was a lot more pride that mm-hmm. people took in being African in like 2017, 2018, 100%. when Afrobeat started to become mainstream mm-hmm. and everyone started then embracing that. Because even I think back on parties in high school, they only play dance hall yeah. and dance hall is Caribbean for those who don't know, yeah. but they only play dance hall. Now, whenever I'm out at the club or whenever I go to a party, mm. you, it's dance hall and it's Afro. Afro yeah. right. And you best believe they're going to put the Afro beats on because people will not be satisfied they if they are. don't. They are. And I, I feel like it was only cool to be 
like if your parents are immigrants, it was only cool to be Caribbean. Mm. Like yeah. if you're Jamaican, that's embraced, whether it's Trinidad, but like being, in fact, my first experience, I wasn't too privy to like just being younger, like maybe eight, nine. I wasn't too privy to the fact that like we're not just all black until I had this one encounter. I think, I don't know if it was my dad or my uncle who'd come back from Cameroon. And like when people travel abroad, like you always bring your mm-hmm. things that are authentic to home because like that's just the opportunity to do so. And of course, the smells are potent. Yeah. Because it's coming from elsewhere. It's organic, natural food. Mm-hmm. And I think I had, they were like down the block and they came over. I don't know where the stuff was, but they came inside and the first comment was, it smells like Africa up in <gasps> here. Oof. Oof. What? And I was so like in your oh, home. About, yeah, Wait, and I who came? people are so they disrespectful. Were they were they were our friends. friends. Yeah, my they were my, and I was like, that's when I knew like, oh, it's not a good thing to be African. Whoa. That was like the first. I was like, oh, okay, because it wasn't in like a. I was like, oh my god, like, it's it like, yeah, it was like it was like. I remember what's thinking, that? What does Africa <laughs> smell like? Right, right. please on. tell me. And how right. would they know? So, no, and it was also like I remember. My mom, you know, when in, in when you're young in school, you go, yeah. your parents come to the parties, yeah. Halloween parties, yes. and this, mm-hmm. and every time it was like, I'm African, and they're like, oh, she doesn't look African. Like, oh, what wow. is people? What is and, and people you know what people mean. It's a color is. People were making such bold comments when you're growing up. No, but now, bold. I think it was like, it was real bold comments. And then all of a sudden, people realize that's not appropriate. But in the black community, it just is rampant. No, literally. Mm. And I think people still have those scars. So it's like, fast forward 10 years later, I'm seeing. Miss Girl on her story, I need a boat and yo. Right? And I'm like, mm. and it's like, mm. yo, I have so many comments. Do you I remember? <laughs> do you need it? <laughs> I remember seeing a tweet and it was like, Africans didn't even like African culture until like black Americans made it cool. Oh, oh, and no. the way I saw someone, you know, when you see, you see the people like who liked it, uh-huh, you're like, you're like mm-hmm. no Ted. Is that, that is just so far off. Right. Because I didn't like Afrobeats, like, even like I say this, like, I think New York is special. New York, Miami, like coastal yes, places, yes. even California. When you're like in the Midwest or whatever, like mm-hmm. deep south, like you go to, if you go to a black party, like you're not going to hear dance hall. You're, right. you're not going to hear Afro beats. Yeah. Gotcha. Like in college, they didn't play Afro beats. Mm. And we had a very strong African population. It wasn't until I came to New York and you go to a party and it's like a third African, a third hip hop, a third uh, right. dance hall and a third Afro beats. So it's right. just like. Like everyone knows Afro beats. My colleagues, which who are not of the diaspora. Yeah. <laughs> are sending they me know oh, this Afro beat singing. song they like. Oh, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, sing it. No, literally. <laughs> Louder. And I just think it's like, I thought it was super offensive because it was like, I have gone to the party. I've gone to the weddings. I eat my food. I, I'm like, and then all of a sudden, people want to be a part of the culture. It's just like, a sh- it's like shocking. Yeah. And it's it's fair. And I like, honestly, this was a big discussion when Black Panther first came out. And I'm like, yes. I feel like people should be like, feel like they have part, like they are part of the culture. But at the same time, I'm like, you also have a culture. I remember we had a whole discussion at my school, like, Watch Afro, uh, watch Black Panther together, and then like discuss. And so many I've never people. Seen that movie. Oh, really? Stop. You need to. You I mean, you is, it, is it for a particular reason? No, I just never went. And like, I like it's same with Star Wars and like Harry Potter. I just like the reaction I get when I tell people. <laughs> Wait, Please, we need stop. to play back our reaction. Kill me. Stop it. Serious. It's that like this is this is so seen. much more entertaining. <laughs> I'm but, explain to like, can you explain that to me a little? Yeah, bit like I think there's like a part where Killmonger tries to connect with the culture. Like he has a lot of like 
animosity. Right? It's Killmonger? Yeah. Michael B. Jordan? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. He try, He has animosity because he was separated from the culture of Wakanda and what could have been. Mm-hmm. And people were saying, like, yeah, we were separated from our culture. We were separated from who we are. And me as a, someone who grew up with, with a culture that was not of the place I lived in, I was like, you'll have a culture. Right. And, like, to me, it was like, I get, I get it. Don't get me wrong, especially right now. Like, I really understand the, like, separation of history if y'all haven't read homegoing like it's right. so good oh, you and, it, that. Mm-hmm. and it, it dissects it very well and like the pain and there's a lot of history right. there but at the same time like as an immigrant I was like but black culture is so beautiful and wonderful and distinct right. like right I didn't understand the upset in some and ways so that, another point about the movie said there was so there were these resources what was it called um vibranium vibranium <laughs> basically what <laughs> So Wakanda held all the vibranium, which basically allowed them to have this great technology, et cetera. But I think the messaging was that Africa has resources it doesn't share. Oh. And I think a lot Ooh. of, like, my, my parents, I went with them to yeah. see the movie. And they were just like, what? It's stolen. Interesting. This is, but this is, this is, they were like, this is backwards. We that, actually that, do, that and it's had, stolen. That hasn't been stolen and colonized. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's stolen still colonized, by, but whatever. stolen by right. colonizers. So this <laughs> messaging and my dad was very adamant he was like this is incorrect messaging mm-hmm, right. there's nothing that we're keeping in fact like going to america is how we broken into we've had to leave to right rebuild we're out of our homes like mm-hmm. we've been displaced right so i think like yeah even i i do love what that movie aimed to do mm-hmm. but i think it it's been, not a direct correlation to reality it's, it's still fiction it's not. I, I have a thought think first of all thank you for breaking that down for me and i probably as an african-american i probably would have missed those things right mm-hmm. um so maybe i'll watch and we'll be able to maybe. understand that <laughs> maybe um to your point it kind of sounds like like first of all that comment is so crazy about someone saying like it wasn't cool until african-americans made it cool because mm-hmm. like that's wild that would never even think to come so to my mind like how could i make someone else's culture cool right um Please. it just mainstream and really probably has a lot to do with like mainstream industries putting money behind that's what white people do but, to us so right do it to each exactly. other. so it just yeah. sounds really ridiculous for an african-american person to say that um but it didn't trigger me but it like brought something up because it's like someone asked me recently like i'll get oh what are you mm-hmm. especially in new york and i'm like i'm African-American, like, I'm black, like, duh. Mm-hmm. Um, but they mean, like, are you Caribbean? Like, yeah. what country are your people yeah. from? And I'm like, America. Um, and someone recently said, well, have you done, like, 23andMe? It's where you get send, like, DNA or a blood oh, test or something. Okay. And they tell you, like, what your, What's ancestry, your ancestry is. Okay. I was like, no, I, like, I don't really care. I was like, I don't know. Like, it would be cool, but, like, I don't need to know. And I think black people, like, African-Americans, we have this, like, yeah, like we've been pulled, like we had our, we were, our ancestors were enslaved from Africa. And so like, we've lost culture, but like, I don't have a desire. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. feel an attachment to Africa in the slightest. Like, I feel like that's other people's culture. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. feel like an African. It feels so far, like African-American, and I don't feel like I'm missing anything. And I think people, I think like it's projected onto African-Americans, like, and some African-Americans maybe do feel like they've lost something or something's missing, but I don't feel like, African-American culture is like the most mainstream influential culture in the world. If if you go on Apple Music or Spotify, the top artists, it's black Americans. Mm -hmm. Basketball, the most, like some of the most talented athletes in the world outside of soccer and the most, and the wealthiest athletes, it's black people. Like Barack Obama, like the first black person to run the most powerful country and the the first person of color to run the most powerful country in the world. So it's like, why would I be missing something? And I don't, Mm -hmm. I hate that implication. Yeah, I don't. I, I really don't. Okay, the fact that someone said, have you ever done 23andMe? 
I've never done it, but I have my friend, she told me she did it and she got 50% Nigerian and she's Caribbean through and through. Like <laughs> right. she embraces her Caribbean yeah. culture. Yeah. So having a DNA test, some people want to take the DNA test and be like, oh, I'm 1% this and go tell the world. Right. I think and a lot of times do with that. people just want something to hold on to. Yeah, and and I, get that. I think, it, yes, and I definitely get yeah. wanting to hold on to something. But sometimes it's like, is that coming from a place of you not being proud of? Maybe if it's someone who's black American, are you right. not proud that you're black American? And you know what? I think there is, sometimes it seems like there's shame in mm-hmm. the history that a lot of people hold. Because like having, just from people who are black American, our history is rough. Yeah. It's, really it's so deep and painful that it might not be something that people Mm. want to embrace Mm. so much and i think that might come into where caribbean culture and african culture might be like i don't know just maybe some people see it as more like cultural right like Mm. uplifting to talk about yes because of the pain that right. black Americans went through. And I think that's because there is such a, like there's a lack of conversation. Annie, like you were saying with your parents saying like, you know, this America is the goal for so many Africans. And don't get me wrong. Like I'm so proud to be African. African, like there's so much like richness in my culture yeah. that I love. But at the same time, there's so much pain in Africa. Like so we don't many. talk about enough about how, the continent is still colonized. Like right. Africans barely own Africa. Our right. resources are still stolen. We're still paying taxes to countries that colonized us in the past. So there's so much pain in that history. Mm-hmm. Like, so it, it feels like sometimes as an African, I'm like, the pain doesn't discount the beauty. You right, know what right. I'm saying? Like the pain, me looking at black culture, I'm like, yes, there's pain and you endured and there's still beauty and you're still creating this culture that the world is taking a hold of and so like that's where my disconnect was yeah i would never want to be anything but black i would never want to be anything but african-american yeah ever like in the next lifetime boom period i have kumi i love what you said and i i think it goes back to my point about the ignorance like Mm -hmm. there's certain like news stories that i'm in tune with because like i mean i talk to my parents all the time they Mm -hmm. tell me what's happening in cameroon or like this ship just had this many Africans and they died trying to get to America. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. to your point. That stuff doesn't even make the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't it know it that. I'm shocked. Oh, what? Tons. Tons. Over and over. To over Greece, to, to whatever. This place all, all the time. They're really? not even trying to go to, we you know, what beautiful countries like South Africa that yeah. are in the continent. They're not trying to go there. They're trying to come here. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like a lot of it is ignorance. Like, yeah. a lot of it. So, um, yeah. it's just, yeah, it's just unfortunate. I, I hope we can get to a place where we're learning about one another yeah. and like not passing these judgments. And I want to ask you guys, like, was there messaging about like growing up about the other, like for you, Sid, and for you, Sab, was there messaging about, like, how did you learn about, where did your perception of Africans come from? Where did your perception of black Americans come from? Mm. Do you all want to go first? Yeah. I'll go. I feel like really there was none. Mm. Um, it was just what I learned in school, which was basically nothing. Like cultural, like you yeah, learn that. Shout out to our teachers. You learn that, like <laughs> colonizers went to Africa, put us on a boat, like they took our culture, blah blah. Um, but like the derogatory things, messaging came from like those kids at camp. Right. Like that's yeah. all I can think of, and I right. and I was appalled. So it like never really stuck with me. Yeah, yeah. I was like as a ten year old, I was like, this is. This is crazy. Like, why are you talking to people like this? Mom, get me out of here. Like, just in my household, like, we don't talk about other cultures like that. Um, But yeah, it's just kids being mean. For me, um, so 
similar to Sid, I don't think I had any perception because okay. it was either people around me, similar to me. I'm black. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm African-American and I'm Caribbean. And my neighborhood where I live in Queens, it is a very Caribbean neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where it comes from. But the only time I think I had a perception formed or when I heard the way, uh, yeah, I, I won't take this on because I wasn't part of this, but the one African friend I had in high school, a lot of jokes were cracked about him being African. Mm-hmm. He yeah. was Nigerian. Like, and I mean, it was all like, it wasn't anything like bullying or anything, mm-hmm. but it was a lot of jokes being cracked about him being African. And yeah. I think that goes back to that time before black people as a community were then embracing. I have a pause. African I have a pause. Yeah, I have a comment because I think if you asked him, he might say he was bullied. Yeah. Mm. But also, Sav, you remember, I don't know if you remember checking into a hotel with me not that long ago. We were checking into a moxie and some, a guy saw my name and he's like, oh, you Nigerian? Like, I make this joke with my friends. Like, Nigerians are scammers. <gasps> Do you remember that? In the... I- Wait, is this DC or this was in fall? Oh, this was in DC. I don't think I was. I have heard again. that recently. Other African, yeah. And first of all, I would like to say that it's like the same way. Like someone from Switzerland can be a scammer and be like, "I'm a Nigerian prince." The whole premise to educate people about scams is to say something ridiculous, right. and if they fall for it, you're dumb. I can pray on you. Like that's the whole scam. Yeah. So they're not all Nigerian, right? <laughs> to defend my people, to defend your people. But yeah. also, like I feel like some of those things, ha- like are still there a little bit. Does that make sense? Yes, and it, yeah. And it, it's like hard. That, it's like a sprinkle of xenophobe. Like, I don't know if it's- Yeah, like, I mean, and you know, know what I mean? Other, like, like, I'm Cameroonian. Like, Cameroonians say that about y'all. And yeah, like, right. you guys say things about other Africans. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the- no, not, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know anything not, about Cameroon. I feel like that narrative arose. I have heard that. Like, I yeah. just forgot about that one. I feel like it arose from something. It, yeah. it feels more recent. Like, is that a long-standing? Oh, I only recently. It's heard. like okay. when like, email was formed. I've heard, like older, I've heard a Nigerian make the joke. Older. Also. I've heard Nigerians yeah. make the joke a lot. A lot. Yeah. yeah. They make it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I just feel like sometimes, like, I don't know. Yeah. The discourse is still there. Right. But Annie, back to your question, like I attribute a lot of my education to my mom and then that. like living in Mississippi too. Like, right. so I remember like if the Central Park Five documentary by Ava DuVernay, like that series came out a few years ago. I had watched years back really? a documentary on what happened. I knew Trump put out that ad. Like I knew so much history because my mom sat us down in the living room. So we're going to watch this. I like you live that. here, you're going to learn about the history. And then also being in Mississippi, it was like, like you, you're like that school down the street that says formed in 1970. That's a white flight school. Like mm-hmm. there is no, there, like it's kind of clear. Like that's the history. Right. So it was just very there for me to receive. Um, but in college, like I actually explored that more. Like self plug, I wrote an article for HuffPo, and it was like um, really about the term African American and like mm. who was really African American. Like I, that's I have a really like unique experience. I was British. I was I wasn't even a citizen when I wrote that essay mm-hmm. of America. Right. And I'm Nigerian, but people are calling me African American. That's the box I fill in. Right. And, and like, I know. they need to do better with that one. Yeah. And also, we should probably clarify that, like the difference. Yeah. yeah. But but like, I mean, there's the social term of phrase and how we use it, don't get me wrong. Right. But I think there was like the history and identity. Like I th- I was really discussing like Italian Americans were discriminated yeah. against. Now they're American. Yeah. Irish Americans discriminated against. Now they're American. Yes. Yeah. And now African Americans are still designated as another class of people. Where does that come from? Racism. Racism. But like, you know, right, it was right, just right, about right. that. But also like, 
we all have our own individual experiences, but we're lumped into this group of people. Yes. You know, weird because we talked about this exact thing in one of my high school classes. Mm -hmm. And it's like, white people get to be white. Mm-hmm. But everybody else, still, if you go to the census, it's Asian American. Or anytime you have to fill out a form and they ask what, yeah. what your identity is, racial identity, it's white, African American, Asian American, like Hispanic American, right. whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, it's just, and then it'll just be white. Yes. Not yeah. white yeah. American. So everybody else has to be like Something this else. and. Yes. And also, yeah. I think within the black community, there's so much, like we're talking about now, the friendly rivalry and then the things that we got to probably unpack the things that are problematic in our differences in ethnicity, the way I see it, white people like just back in history decided, all right, black people are going to be enslaved. Mm -hmm. So that that's where the history is coming from. I think when I think about social structures and people race aside, people always want to step on someone else. Mm -hmm. And I think we do that within our, but I think we do that in our own community now and it's so unhealthy and so problematic. That's why there's, Colorism, there's texturism, and there's all the isms. All the isms. All the isms. And it's like, I feel like as black people, we uphold them most. Because I've never had a white person call me out about texture. I've never had a, ever. Your leave out could be, (laughs) (laughs) no, do y'all know that? Blended as hell. And a white person's gonna be like, oh my God, your hair is so cute. Do you know the TikTok? Could be six months old. Beautiful. And so they're gonna be like, love, it. You I love it. your hair. How'd you, you get it like you that? Love it like this every right. day. <laughs> you know, black people are like, oh, her edges aren't laid. Right. right. Oh, her leave out looks and, crazy. And, and, Wait, can I say something? Do y'all know the TikTok that's like when I'm trying to pick up rich white men, so I call my friend with a party city wig. They love a party city wig. It is so crazy. And it's been my experience, like, even in college. And I feel like I think I pose the question, like, when you learn, oh, it's not just every black person that I'm similar to. I think I just learned it from my experiences, Mm. that being the first one. And then with my name, Mm. I was like, okay, who else, as a little kid, like who else has like a foreign last name? Mm. Okay, maybe we relate a little bit more. Let me talk to you. And then it's like, okay, growing up, we have like, oh, you're not like sleepovers. Oh, your parents feel that way. Oh, so do mine. And it's like, okay, I'm going to start, not intentionally, but looking for those type of people. people. I relate with them. We have a similar upbringing. So I think there was this, not necessarily like, and like I said, it wasn't intentional, but I do think I was walking around with the cloud for a little bit, being younger, that I can only relate with people who are like, who are like me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was a response to like how yes. people were making you feel. It's a defense yes. mechanism yes. in a way. 100%. And like, even in college for me, like, I feel like college is where colorism hit me. Like right. colorism you showed up. That. And I, yeah. yeah, that resonates. Yeah. No. And like, I remember, like, I feel like I made a lot of friends who also came from immigrant families because we shared some of those experiences that you're speaking of. And not just Africans, right? And not just, my, no. Yeah, exactly. I have Syrian friends. Right, I have Indian right. friends. Exactly. I have Asian, like all over. Yeah. And so um, I think that like for me, like being honestly in some white spaces, I was just black, but like being in black spaces, I was dark skinned or I was criticized. Oh, yeah. My hair yes. was it's yes. pinkier. The hair doesn't, the edges aren't laid like yep. you were saying. Exactly. Like they cut, cut up on Blue Ivy. Yes. A child. Hair, a child. Talking about her edges aren't laid. Her hair was beautiful. Her hair is beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And she's beautiful. And like, yeah. I remember someone saying to me like, oh, like we were at a party and like, I can't believe like guys were coming up to you because I have so, dark skin. It was colorism. Someone so say bitter. that to you. It was so wild. Like obviously. <laughs> they were so bitter. They were so bitter. So bitter. Like you are so mad. And like. That to say that out loud. Is getting, 
love. And it's the same people who are. Imagine. Not to be, call them out, but like lighter skin and like, oh, I'm not a black woman. Right. That energy came from them for them to then turn that colorism onto other people and project that. And so like, I'm like, sorry, I'm not trying to, I just don't want to know who I am. But like, I just feel like it's, it's hard you know, navigating a lot of spaces, like, mm-hmm. and trying to unpack where is this coming from? Like, yeah. you know, yeah, no, even in black spaces. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really crazy. There's, oh my gosh. Yeah, there's so much to be said. So there's so much to unpack. I mean, there's years and years of things. We could go on for hours, and I'm sure our listeners got a lot to say. Now we're going to move into this or that. So I have some fun questions for y'all on black culture. And it might get a little heated because y'all might be <laughs> real passionate. If you hear right. distant voices because we jumped off the mic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. To start off, we've talked about this question. Plantain or plantain? Plantain. 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 Savannah, no. Come on. Plantain. Maintain. Okay. No. I will give mountain. you. Maintain. Um, Can we I don't like know other mountain. words. Should we let Google? Uh-uh. We're going to like no. Google this. Google, Google couldn't Google. Pr- pronounce Vavkiko. Yeah. Uh, so I don't trust their pronunciation, but okay. pronunciation. We're going to see. This is Google. Plantain. No. Oh I trust right. Google. Know what's How is she saying mountain? Google knows. How does she say mountain? How does she say mountain? Yeah. Probably mountain. Mountain. I get it. Plantain. I just, you know what's crazy? I didn't meet anyone who said Google plantain. doesn't have one for mountain. I guess they just assume everybody knows it's mountain. They need to clarify for plantain. I just, it's crazy because growing up, I didn't know anybody who said plantain. Mm-hmm. Then I made more friends who were like Nigerian and Ghanaian. Yeah. They're like, no, it's plantain. Okay. I'm like, so we can accept our differences, but I think we just all need to agree Ooh. that plantain should be ripe before you eat it. 100%. Okay, that's a good point. We can leave off there. <laughs> we can yeah, leave we can off, leave off there. Sweet right. plantain over green. 100%. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sydney, no opinion. Okay, next one. I don't know if I have an opinion on this one because I, I need more to educate myself. But N- Nigerian or Ghanaian jollof rice? Never had either. Gambian. <laughs> really? Yeah. Nigerians and Ghanaians have stolen jollof, but it's not like it's not theirs. Oh, I didn't know. Wait, these people disrespect me. <laughs> First of all, watch your mouth. Watch your <laughs> mouth. No. Um, obviously Nigerian for me. But okay. um my mom throws down, so I don't want to hear anything about Ooh, Nigerian party jollof. The thing on the huge pan. I don't know who's cooking it. I don't know who's in the kitchen. Yeah, come to my house if we're if we're like that. If we're close like that, you can come mm, taste some good jollof. I'll probably like either. I haven't tried either. But I love like just shout out one thing about Africans. And Asians, like Southeast Asians, they know how to cook and season some food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Rich. Better than the rest of the world. Come on. <laughs> Sid said that. And right. Cajun country. I'll give Cajun country a shout out. Well, seasoned well. Yeah. No, I like both. Yeah, I, like I need both. to try. I've tasted I need to try both. I've tried Nigerian and Ghanaian. I've tried Nigerian, but I'm not Ghanaian. I'm sure Ghanaians do a great job. depend on the cook. Okay. Next one. Haitian patties or Jamaican patties? Jamaican. Have y'all had Haitian patties? No, I haven't. I've not had Haitian Okay. I'm not really had Haitian that. A lot of people haven't had Haitian food. Because I'm Haitian, I have a lot of Haitian food. One of the days we record, I need to... Please. Let's just have... Ooh, live please bring a potluck. We'll have right. a meal. Because... We should do a potluck. Yes. I'll bring puff puff. Haitian food is salmon. so... Haitian food is so underrated. I'll bring greens. 
Wait, that sounds like a whole meal, you guys. Mm. Yeah, you, you we'll do salmon. it. I can, if you don't bring that jalap, you would just. Right. Hey, okay, 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 okay. I can throw salmon in the air fryer. Okay, but it's really good. It's jerk salmon. It's inspired. Yes. Well, I. Oh, now you're trying to switch sides. Okay. 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 I'm screaming. Me being Haitian, I say Haitian patties, and I think. If people tried Haitian patties, yeah. mm. they would probably, like, we'd have some more people on the Haitian mm. patties. You know what? I trust you. My yeah. grandma, I love her so much. I mean, she passed away. Still love her so much. Her patties, ten, like, I don't even say this just because that's my grandma. They were, like, everyone knew. She went amazing. She threw down. She threw that. down. And we are still, my aunts, my mom and I, we're still trying to get it together. And we can't get it just like she did. Right. We have videos right. of her showing Maybe, us how to yeah. make it. And we just still can't get it together. It's that Special touch. It's a special touch. Right. Wait, what's, who's years. a proud family grandma? Oh, I don't know her <laughs> she name. She's barefoot. <laughs> yes. I know the proud family movie. Yes. <laughs> but that's what I love about like black, like not just African, but like across yeah. the day, I swear, like black matriarchs. Like yeah. they don't need a recipe. They don't have one. They just, they don't, they don't know. <laughs> I asked my mom how to make, when college, when I got my first like kitchen where I was living, I would try and make things and my mom would be like, I'd be like, okay, so how much? And she's like, she's like a little, I'm like, no, how much? And she's like, girl, I don't cook like I don't, that. I don't I read. always right. tell my mom. My mom's like a recipe. I always tell I'm like, so how long does it cook for? She's like, oh, just till it's ready. I'm right. like, but how long? But what does that mean? It could be 0.01. It could be 0.01 seconds after my mom made a meal. And I'm like, what you put in that? She goes, I don't know. Yeah. I took they're them. grabbing Your stuff out the just the stuff. I think I just think honestly now that I when I cook I do the same thing I'm like if you ask me how much seasoning till it's enough mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. we're gonna be those moms alright last question Martin or my wife and kids Mara my wife, my and, wife kids. and kids my wife and kids I love that show my wife and kids but I really yeah. do love Martin I don't well. know that's a hard one I think they're they're two different shows. I don't know. It's something about my wife and kids. Just I love. It. It. I actually didn't watch Martin through and through, but I did. I didn't watch and kids. Yeah. Okay. I've seen both. Like they're like my comfort sitcoms are my comfort show. Mm. Like Living Single, yeah. Fresh Prince. Like I Moesha. Them Moesha. Moesha. Mo to the. E to the. I think I'm gonna go with Martin, but Martin? Martin feels like more of a classic. It does. And like Afri- like black com- like than mm. my wife and kids. Yeah. That's fair. I, I think I like. I probably watched some episodes of. I've watched episodes of Martin here and there, but I never like. Got hooked on it. Got my it. wife and kids, I like loved something I about it. Through yeah. Junior's little Junior. empty head, no thoughts. Can we talk <laughs> about head with Let's talk about it. when they Let's talk about the part when they switched Claire's actor. Said nothing about it. Nothing about and it. And went from a dark skinned woman to a light skinned woman. Fresh Prince did that too. I'm so glad with Aunt Viv with Aunt Viv and and I'm glad like the new Bel Air show. They're not playing those games. Oh, I don't. They said. Yeah. I need to watch it's Coco it. Jones, it's Coco y'all. Jones. I mean, she's the number one to watch it. She's so good. All right. Let, let All right. Go. Okay. So we've discussed a lot in this episode. And like I said, there is still a lot more to be said. But how do you think we can actively cultivate more unity across the diaspora? Um, I think you guys made it raise a good point about its ignorance. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't have a good answer because I think a big issue, like, why don't we know why? I watch the news every morning while I eat breakfast. Why isn't it on the news that, like, these, like, really tragic situations where people, like, Cameroonians, like you say, like, mm-hmm. 200 people, black Cameroonians died mm-hmm. trying to, like, make a passage and build yeah. a new life. Yeah. Like, we don't, black people don't have control over mainstream media globally. Yeah. So how do we get those things out and have more of an awareness and empathy yeah. right. for one another? Um. I have, I like, I honestly have no clue how to fix it because it's all rooted in ignorance and really like 
this like racist global environment, not just us black people, but like the mm. narrative that the global media is yeah. putting out about these different 100%. demographics. I'm like right there with you where like, I don't know what the quote unquote fix is. I don't think right. there probably isn't one, but like I would say ignorance and like just eliminating well, not, like you're always going to be maybe a little bit ignorant about the things yeah. that are farther away from you. But like, I'll give like Sydney as an example, like Sydney's one of the most beautiful people I've met inside and out. Same with you, so and Kumi as well, but you're Nigerian. So mm-hmm. we have that like, we're both African. Yeah. We're next but, door. Like, imagine if I judged you, Sydney, and maybe years ago I would have, mm. and like, we wouldn't be as close as we are today. So yeah. I think like unlimited people come, like it's such a cheap way to judge somebody. Mm-hmm. I think like getting to know people more, hearing about the experience, Asking uncomfortable mm-hmm. questions too, like we ask, yeah. oh, what did you hear about Africans growing up? Oh, this is what I heard about, right. and yeah. you can understand yeah. from that lens. Oh, that's why you right. spoke that yeah. way. There's yeah. no hatred between us for real. Yeah. It's just this cloud, mm-hmm. and then you have empathy for what somebody else went yes. through. Because like yes. when you're, especially when you're a kid, yes. you only really like harp on and think about what you feel. Like yeah. all you, like all we can remember is how someone else made us exactly. feel. Um, and you have less awareness about like what's being projected onto other people, maybe by you or by other people that are like you. So I think unpacking 100%. those things is incredibly important. It's so important. And like go out of your way. Like we tend to segregate ourselves. So there'll be like mm-hmm. African-American communities. Mm-hmm. Then like Haitian-American yes. communities. Like yeah. everyone, you said your neighbor was predominantly Caribbean. Yeah. Um, to like just making that yeah. effort Being to try so new 100%. cuisines. And like exactly. just understand, listen to the music. Be more mm-hmm. curious. Yeah. I would, and, okay. I would say my takeaway is we need to individually unpack the isms that we hold. Mm. Colorism, mm-hmm. texturism. Give me another one. Mm. Is that phobia? Is that yeah. a phobia? Mm. Well, it can be linked. Well, the same yeah, isms, but you hit, those, racially, are the, those are the heavy hitters. I think those are the two biggest yeah. ones, colorism and texturism, because there's so much hate that we project onto each other within our mm-hmm. own community and like i said or like we all said before the world is just looking at us as black people so i think to create more unity we need to think about what biases do i hold yeah. against my own people yeah. why do i hold them and how can i create a path forward with the way i relate to other totally. black people totally i think i'm on the same wavelength wavelength sav like i think that i think for for one side like you know interacting with african people like xenophobia needs to be addressed as something that exists like I think like even with like my white friends are educated that racism exists like the ones who care like Mm -hmm. understand that it doesn't come on come up in every conversation but they understand there's more to learn about blackness you know sometimes it's it's a lot but like they do understand that there's more to learn and like I think having that perspective is helpful and then the other side like I just wish (laughs) history was taught better in this country and like the truth from an earlier age Mm -hmm. and like I wish from the other end from what I feel like my you know black American friends have experienced that might be negative like I wish that people coming into this country had an opportunity to learn that because my mom was great at teaching me that but say she did it and if I went to school and learned something I'd go home and be like hey mom Mm -hmm. like did you know I, I still do that like all things I learned on the internet and whatever I mean, in life, but I think that, you know, having more of an education understanding could just like help bridge that. That's true. That divide. We need to drop the, um, I think we lack, like to your point about white people, like they know that they can't say certain things. Like Mm -hmm. the racism is topical and past years has been very topical. And it's like, 
even if they think certain things, like they're going to tread lightly. lightly. Mm-hmm. I think amongst one another as black people, we all feel like we've been oppressed and done really wrong. So we don't really tread light. We have less empathy for one another and we like to play oppression Olympics. So I'd say, I was just going to say, cut the oppression Olympics. Olympics. Yeah, Olympics. Cut, it, cut it out. It's cut ridiculous. It. It's a lot of internal racism that we need, right. need to unpack. Maybe therapy is also like a, yeah. oh yeah, a t- yeah, 100%. Because I think those things might come out. There's yeah. a lot of internalized racism and it's like very sad to hear. Yeah. Sure. I'm grateful for a space like this mm-hmm. and like us coming from different backgrounds. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I love that I we love have it. this conversation mm-hmm. because I think I've had this conversation with friends individually but I love the awareness that we've had like the questions you asked mm-hmm. me and the questions I was able to ask you all yeah. it's just so productive for no it's yelling. been incredibly informative yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's a wrap we encourage you all to have this conversation with your friends and also extend this conversation with us let us know what you thought about this episode we hope you enjoyed it follow and engage with us on Instagram at what gets me pod and let us know what you thought Also, be sure to follow us on TikTok, leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and let us know what's getting you. We hope you have a great week. Bye. 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 Now that is what gets me.